Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we dive into the beginning of Jesus's ministry. There's a lot of really rich readings that we have to cover this week, and there's going to be some really, really fantastic conversations and some tough questions that we're going to have to deal with. So I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Carolyn Smith. Chris Winterman. So join us as we go deeper. Well, here we go. I am super excited to have yet another new face, new voice in our podcast, Miss Carolyn Smith. Uh, I would say uh, one of the the giants of faith in our church. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, your your knowledge of scripture runs very deep. Uh, so it's high time that we had somebody of your cal- caliber join us. So no pressure. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we've got some very fun things to talk about today. Uh, Last week, we were talking about the birth narratives of Jesus from Luke and Matthew. And this week, we get to talk about, we stay almost entirely in the book of Luke this week, except for our first scripture, which is in Matthew. Uh, but we're talking about the beginning of Jesus's ministry, and there's some some very fascinating aspects of what we read this week that, I don't know, I'm not a note taker by nature, but I actually highlighted, highlighted a couple of things in my, on my digital Bible this week, because I thought, hmm, that's interesting. But Miss Carolyn, I know that you've got some questions right off the bat that you're going to try to ask Chris and stump him. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Uh-huh. Oh, it's very possible. More. <laughs> but but let's just dive in and let's mm-hmm. see what we've got to say about uh, the the passages for this week. Well, of course, we're doing, uh, we're introducing John the Baptist, Mm -hmm. and the book calls him an odd duck, but yet the people flocked Mm -hmm. to hear what he had to say. They were hungry for what his Mm -hmm. message was, and his message was repent, and the second part of it was the kingdom of God is at hand. So uh, the people were hungry for this, Mm -hmm. and... uh, so there were a lot of people lined up, and of course, this is when Jesus was baptized. Right. So I guess my question was, when I was reading this, is why was it necessary for those that were repenting to be baptized? What What is the significance of that? Mm-hmm. Chris, would mm-hmm. you? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so the idea of repentance, the, the, the biblical concept, it's a lot more than just feeling bad, like, oh, I did something wrong, so I feel bad. Repentance really implies a change of mind, almost a physical change of direction. So for someone to repent, they are turning from one direction, from one course Mm -hmm. to another one. And repentance is as much or more about turning to God, because when you turn to God, by default, you turn away from things that are not yeah. of God. Mm-hmm. 
and, and, and that's an important distinction because you, you can turn away from a lot of bad things and not turn to God. Right. So you, you can turn to other bad things. Right, right. You, I mean, that's, and that's stuff where, where people who are in addiction recovery, for example, they're, they're really coached. Okay, just because you give up one thing doesn't mean uh, you, you, you've broken free because you can turn to another bad thing just as quickly. So the idea of repentance is really about turning to God. Okay. And, and that's consistent Old Testament all the way through. So the baptism that John is practicing here actually wasn't that uncommon. It wasn't, it wasn't as much of a new thing um, because when someone converted to Judaism, uh, they went through this ceremonial cleansing. Remember, the, 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 the Jewish faith had a lot of ceremonies, a lot of, a lot of things that they did on the outside that would use normal everyday things, mm-hmm. such as animal sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And those things represented something spiritual that was happening. So baptism was one of those things. Now, the interesting thing is that Jesus' baptism, so Jesus comes to John, all these people are repenting, and that's what that baptism was, but Jesus didn't need to repent. Mm-hmm. He was without sin. Right. So why, why was he baptized? Why was he baptized? Yes. So there's something interesting that happens, and I want to I read it to you here. Um, Jesus is baptized. In verse uh, 16 of our reading, after his baptism as Jesus, Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens were opened. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Okay, there's a lot happening here. Mm -hmm. One thing that's happening, we looked at last night in our Uh small group study with Dr. Sandy Richter studying the Psalms. Mm. One of the royal psalms includes this very language about King David and then about the Davidic line and Messiah to come. This is today I've become your father, you've become my son. Mm -hmm. So this is an affirmation, just another of countless affirmations that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So it's connecting it back to a prophetic psalm. So that's one thing that's happening here. Another thing that's happening here is the baptism that we now practice is being instituted. It's a gift of grace. We see God publicly claiming Jesus as his son. Now, Jesus is fully God, so how can God claim him? Well, Jesus is fully God, but also fully human. Right. And Jesus, now this is an important thing, you don't have any miracles recorded until this event. So... You know, you've you've got extra canonical writing. Supposedly, Jesus heals a bird or does this or does that, mm-hmm. and you do have the incident of Jesus in the temple when he's young. But that a his ministry hasn't started. B right. that's not miraculous. That's just mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <coughs> impressive and miraculous are two different things. But Jesus, his first miracle is the wedding at Cana, right? Water to wine, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he does no miracles until the Holy Spirit descends upon him. Mm-hmm. So I, I follow what's known as, um, in theological terms, the kenotic view of Christ, Christology. Okay, say that again. Yeah. The, the kenotic view. Can you spell it? Yeah, K-E-N-O-T-I-C. Okay. K- so listeners good. out there, look that one up <laughs> so you can define it. <laughs> so basically, Jesus is fully God and fully man. 
But there's dispute as to, okay, how does he do his miracles? Does he do those because he's God? Or does he do those because he is acting as a human, as Paul writes, laying aside his godness? Hmm. Because Jesus tells his disciples, you're going to do greater things than me in my yeah. name, right? Yeah. So how, how, is, how is that possible? He's fully God. Well, we have the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And Jesus, I believe, as his humanity, I believe he relied entirely on the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the moment that jump starts his ministry. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. so important that the Spirit coming upon him, because in the Old Testament, what was the phrase that's always used before do, someone does something in God's name, does something powerful? The Spirit of the Lord is mm-hmm. upon came him. powerfully upon them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that's that's another thing you have going on here at Jesus' baptism. Okay. Yeah. Well, and we know that the the three uh, parts of the Trinity are there. We've got God, and uh, we've got mm-hmm. Jesus, and we've got the Holy Spirit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and Trinitarian theology is is so difficult mm-hmm. because you you can slide into a misunderstanding very easily. Mm-hmm. But 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 you're right. So the, and that's and that's the final thing, the third thing. See see how that works. The third thing that's going on here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, is is this strong Trinitarian image mm-hmm. yes. of all three members yes. working together? Yes. So just just an incredible thing mm. to start the ministry of Jesus. So yeah. important. So it's an example for us. Mm-hmm. It, it it is an example, and and you know there are those who practice baptism, who who might say baptism is only an act of obedience. In other words, there are those who believe that there's nothing spiritual that occurs during baptism. They believe it's just, well, I'm obedient to Christ. I'm following his example. Therefore, I will get baptized. But we we take from the baptism of Jesus, something did happen to Jesus here. Yeah. Because it's after this that he goes to be tempted, which we'll look at. Mm-hmm. And we believe in baptism, the Holy Spirit is present within and upon us as well. So something else does happen. Yes. Now, Jesus, the next scripture we've got uh, is, let me see, what, what are we in? Uh, it's it's deliver Luke. Us, deliver us from evil, and mm-hmm. it's in Luke. Mm-hmm. The first question it asks is, do we believe in the devil? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have problems with that. Yeah. And uh, my answer to that is I definitely believe that there's a devil, that there's an enemy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the neat thing about this scripture and the one that we do next uh, is that the power of the Spirit was on Jesus mm-hmm. when he went into the wilderness. So that's another example of the Holy Spirit giving him what he needs mm-hmm. as he goes into the wilderness. You know, the, the word... Satan uh, literally means accuser. That's right. That, mm-hmm. And and so that word is used, even if it doesn't represent this this physical embodied sentient being. In other words, when Jesus tells Peter, "Get behind me, Satan," he's not necessarily saying Peter's possessed by Satan. He's saying, you know, you, you you're an accuser, an adversary in this moment. So. Within Orthodox Christianity, there are those who believe that Satan, that that the the devil is is one sentient being, 
There are others that believe that Satan is the temptation that's constantly there, that constantly pulls at us, that that was the serpent back in the garden. Did God really say? Either way, I think that's okay because the temptation is there. Right. Mm-hmm. So so if a, if a person is to say, yes, it's one sentient being, and, and they're mm-hmm. going to go to Revelation where the devil and his angels are specifically thrown into the lake of fire, et cetera, and they're going to read back and say, yes, this is one being, period. Or they're going to say, look, it, I believe it's metaphorical. As long as they believe in Christ, Christ crucified, Christ risen, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it's interesting that the, the temptations that Jesus faces are temptations he could have given into. Oh, absolutely. Right. <clears throat> You're right about that. I mean, it, it, this wasn't, God knew what was going to happen. But God didn't decide. Jesus could have given in here, mm-hmm. which is which is part of that humanity, which mm-hmm. which is the reason Jesus's sacrifice matters, and the reason it's effective. Yeah, because if he couldn't fall into sin, then he's not one of us. Yeah, and if he's not one of us, his sacrifice for us doesn't count. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is one of those reasons why I rely on what I said the kenotic view. Jesus, in my opinion here, is operating fully as a human mm-hmm. and is entirely, like you said, relying on the Holy Spirit, Yeah, which takes us forward to Paul's writings where Paul says, look, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to withstand, but God will always make a way out. Mm-hmm. God will yeah. always provide for you a way to resist the temptation. Amen. So when we give in... yeah. We can't say, like James says, we can't say, oh, someone else made me do it. Mm-hmm. We can't say, well, that was just too much. I just, I just, I had yeah. to give in. Well, we see an important model here, though, in the temptation of Jesus, because what is the answer to every single one of the temptations? Mm-hmm. He quotes the scripture. Yeah. He's going back to the scripture, mm-hmm. what was written. And, yeah. and the devil is trying to tempt him with, right. it's written that. Right. You know, and Jesus is like, hey, quit taking that out of context. Right. right. <laughs> you know, the yeah. Bible can be one of the greatest tools that can be used against us. Mm-hmm. The greater the gift of God, the greater the capacity it has for harm when it is used mis um, when it, when it's misappropriated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And and we see here that that God that God Jesus is like recorrecting. Mm-hmm. And then going mm-hmm. back, you say that, but yes, hmm, this is really what matters. Mm-hmm. And so, in that, you know, the temptation thing, where we're not. There's not more put on us than we can handle. There's a way out. And if we're steeped in the Word of God and if mm-hmm. we're active in making that a part of our life, then that way out is going to be a lot clearer to us right? than if we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Well, Jesus was saturated in the Scripture. We mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. And um, that those are two things that can apply to us today mm-hmm. through th- knowing the Word, knowing when to use it, 
and when to claim it, Mm -hmm. and also claiming the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. His power. Those Mm -hmm. are our options. We have that. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was our example. Mm -hmm. So one of the interesting questions to me was, they always have an apply question. Mm -hmm. And it says, to which of the three temptations Jesus faced do you feel most vulnerable? And what strategy uh, do you use for resisting? How would you answer that? Can, can I plead the fifth? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I like these questions because they make me think about myself and right. where I need to change and, and am I really following the mm-hmm. Lord in the way he wants me to? I want my will mm-hmm. to be his will. And, and my, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting thing there. Um, you know, we, the, the temptation is to read the Bible like it's some far off thing, or like it's, um, like it, like it's, like it's. Yeah, it applies to someone else, but not me. But we find ourselves in the scriptures. We 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 find our life interwoven in there. And you know th- this. I, I got to say this carefully and appropriately. Mm-hmm. But Jesus wants us to find our life in His. So we can find ourselves in the place of Christ there. Mm-hmm. Not to die on the cross, obviously. Right. However. And it's been done. Right. However, um, you know, the, the idea that we are following Christ, we are imitating, whereas Paul says later on, putting on Christ like clothing. So we find ourselves in that. And, and in Hebrews, we're told that Christ is a high priest, who understands, who, who went through everything we could go through. So when we see these temptations, we can find personal comfort and find ourselves, okay, I've been tempted like that, like, like that, what that question does. Mm-hmm. So it makes the Bible real in my life. It makes the things that happen really able to change me. Because if, mm-hmm. if, if I can't identify with Jesus, and more importantly, if he doesn't identify with me, then why does it matter? Yeah. Right. That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good hmm. question. One of the things that I underlined, uh, and I just want to know what you all think about this, okay? Mm-hmm. Because I was pondering, um, the devil doesn't need to stop us from doing God's work so long as he can get us to be ungodly as we do it. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's, a, that's a good statement. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic statement. And uh, <clears throat> if you've listened to the podcast at all, listeners out there, you know that I'm a big fan of C.S. Lewis. And good for that, you. I like him too. That that question right there is almost straight out of the screw tape letters. Really? It really is. Yep. Because uh, and if you're not familiar with the screw tape letters, it's uh, it's a collection of it's fiction. Uh, it's a collection of letters from the uncle demon to his nephew. Uh, I can't remember old What was in I can't I remember. Don't, I don't it, remember. But it's Uncle Screw Tape writing to the uh, wormwood. Wormwood. That's what it yeah, was. Wormwood. And and one of the things he said was, if you can, if you can turn the target's attention onto themselves instead of the uh, 
instead of God, mm. then it doesn't matter how much good they do, basically, that it'll all, mm -hmm. you know, be for nothing. Whereas it'll all be centered on self. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. okay. I, that's, I, that's good. That I heard of, it said recently that nothing will undo the work God is doing in you so quickly as doing the work of God. <laughs> And see, so, so these, these temptations that Christ faces, they're temptations centered around being spectacular in ministry. Mm -hmm. Right. Give the people something to look at. World power, yeah. uh, spiritual mm -hmm. power. Self, Self-aggrandizement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which really, you know, every cent for me boils down to the issue of pride. Mm -hmm. the, the issue of thinking, I know better than God. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's it. And to your comment, Chris, and I've, I've been working in, I, you could call it vocational ministry now for about nine years, nine and a half years or so. And anybody that spent any time around the church at all, whether you're volunteer or you're, you're paid for it, uh, is really easy to become just an employee you know, whether, whether you're getting paid or not. Yeah. And the, the thing that I have to come back to more frequently than I like to admit is that God doesn't want employees. Right. You know? God wants children. Yeah. And, and if I get too wrapped up in working for God, then I lose the magic and the power, magic, it's a bad word choice, but uh, you, yeah. you lose the power of working with God. Yeah, uh, so, <clears throat> so, so to go back and an actually answer your question about which of the temptations for me, the, <laughs> the, the temptation is great. <laughs> it's, it's great for me to let doing stuff for God take the place of my actual relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a temptation a lot of clergy face. Yeah. Because it because it happens very mm -hmm. subtly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's an easy trap to fall into. And and we fall we we fall prey to that a lot in the church in general because uh a statement that I heard one of my previous pastors uh when we were living elsewhere uh, say was guilt gets a lot of things done in the church. Yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> and yeah. it might not be for the right reasons, but man, we can guilt somebody into to bringing right. that meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can guilt somebody into going and serving on that wheelchair team. That's right. right. You know? That's right. We're, we're good at it. Well, the next <laughs> section scripture is in Luke, and mm -hmm. it's uh, the title is Who's He Think He Is? And was this not mm, yeah. when he spoke in the synagogue? And in, it says he went in with power mm -hmm. into the synagogue, and he read from, uh, did he read from Isaiah? It was Isaiah. It was okay. Isaiah. Yeah. And, and he wasn't just in the synagogue. He went to his hometown. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was in Nazareth. So what and, kind of a response did he get? <laughs> well, um, I think everybody thought it was nice and lovely that, oh, look how well he's reading the scriptures and everything. Mm -hmm. And when I was reading this, I noticed that he was already kind of known for going mm -hmm. around and reading and teaching and everything. But when he said that, that one thing in verse 21, Luke 4, 21, today this scripture has been, 
been fulfilled in your hearing. Boy, that ruffled yeah. some feathers. Yeah. Because now he's saying, it's me. Yeah. And I don't think they were ready for, right. you know, what good can come out of Nazareth? I mean, even one of his disciples, you know, b- before he starts following him is saying, nothing good can come out of Nazareth. Come on. Mm. Right. Mm. You know, and here he is. Well, a lot of people rejected him for that. Mm-hmm. And, but there were a lot of people who accepted him, too. Yeah. So. And I would, you know, I would go, you know, making, making um, analogies from the scriptures can be dangerous because sometimes it doesn't always work. You, mm-hmm. can make, you can make an analogy of something that doesn't fit. Yeah. However. Up to a certain point. I would, I, would, I would say every person is their own Nazareth in this scenario. Mm-hmm. What what good can come from Nazareth? So yeah. so they look at you or me or anyone else and say, "Yeah, I know you've done this. You've caused this harm, or you've mm-hmm. made this mistake." I know you win. Oh, I know that's, you win. Yeah, I know you so, win. So what good can come of that? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we have to. While Jesus never sinned, obviously. Again, we have to follow his example and boldly proclaim. But see, even even in this example, so even as Jesus reads this and says, I'm the fulfillment, it's still, it's not self-aggrandizing. Mm-hmm. It's pointing to the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as long as we're doing that, I think we are not running the risk of falling to that temptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yes, I did do those things. And yes, that's that's unfortunate. But... God has called me to do this. God's called me to proclaim the good news. Right. He, he, he commissioned me just like he commissioned those original disciples to go and preach, go and proclaim. So, yeah, nothing good may come from Nazareth, but all good things come from God. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm coming from right now. Well, yeah. the question is, if you had been in the synagogue, okay, suppose mm-hmm. we were there and Jesus takes the scroll and he unrolls it and he reads this from Isaiah. The question is, how do you think you would have reacted to his claim? You know, hmm. we we give the people of his day, and especially the Pharisees, we give them a bad rap. <laughs> and, and, uh-huh. and the gospel writers paint them in a generally negative light. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, would, would, would we be in the mob or shouting him down too? Possibly. Well, you know, I'm thinking like I would think today, oh, I would really accept him, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know back then yeah. what I would would have done. We've, we've got the benefit of looking backwards at mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And instead of experiencing well, how it many, in real time. How many, how many times, how many times now today do, do we reject the voice of the Holy Spirit? Do we reject? Amen. Yeah. I mean, let's, 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 let's be really, really real. Mm-hmm. How many, how many times do we as Christians reject the actual presence of Jesus in another person because of what line of work they might've been in mm-hmm. because of the color of their skin, because of different life choices, because of different factors. I mean, look, how many, how many churches are rejecting Jesus because, and I can say this, Jesus said very clearly in a, in a depiction of judgment in Matthew 25, however you treat the least of these, it's how you're treating me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm afraid we would probably have been in the mob mm-hmm. in that one. And I'm, I, I, I probably would have been, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, we get so focused on 
the the way we've done it, the way we've understood it for so long that and that's all the Pharisees were doing. Yeah, that's a, this is the now, way God did it. Now, granted, there were a number of them who, even given the evidence and the opportunity, were just like, no, uh-uh. yeah. because they really were clinging to power. Yes, yes, uh, and there were a select few who who genu- genuinely wanted to know Nicodemus right. specifically genuinely wanted to know so i you can't lump them all together i say right okay all right but that's a see i, I told you she, she she's going to bring the provocative questions today I, yes uh-huh. well that's in the book and <laughs> uh-huh. if they if we're reading our scriptures every day which i hope everybody will mm-hmm. that they'll they'll ponder these questions they yeah. give us a prayer and uh, the prayer says in your own words, complete the, this prayer, Jesus, this is who I honestly think you are. And uh, you're to answer that. Mm-hmm. And that really mm-hmm. is a good thing. And I put, I believe that you're God's son, that you're the Messiah, mm-hmm. that you're the Savior. Mm-hmm. And uh, I claim that for my life. You know, yeah. here's, here's what I hope. I hope that people will answer that question honestly. And I'll be honest with y'all again. So get really real again. Mm-hmm. My, you know, we don't, you want to know what my favorite prayer in the Bible is? What is when someone comes and, and I can't say who it. Well, I don't remember. I think it was a centurion or mm-hmm. somebody came to Jesus and asked him to do something. Says if you can, and Jesus says, "What do you mean if I can?" Mm-hmm. And the guy says, "Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief." Yeah, that's one of my favorites as that's, well. Yeah. I uh-huh. prayed that prayer. Yeah. I prayed that prayer a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I even pray, Lord, I want to pray. I want yeah. to believe. Uh-huh. So help my unbelief. Yes. Well, that's, you go back to the Psalms and, you know, it, it's not all the grandeur and everything. It's that notion that God doesn't want the big flashy, big showy, whatever. What he wants is us to come humbly to him and say, I want you. Yeah. I want you, God. Well, what's his mm-hmm. unique way of calling people? His simple way was follow me. Mm-hmm. And he went, he met each one individually. Yeah. So we can ask ourselves, when was the time that you heard the words follow me? And mm-hmm. what did, how did you respond? Halfway yeah. through my junior year in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was 16 I going on 17 yeah. when I heard it. And some people know from the very beginning Mm-hmm. That there's a God and that there's mm-hmm. a Jesus, a Son, and uh, it's a gradual thing. But they come to the point where they know and they hear the word "follow me." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when did you hear "follow me"? To be honest, I can't remember. I grew up in the church. There you go. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. If the doors were open, we were there, basically. Yeah. So I, I watched uh, my parents you know, live out this idea of the church being central. Mm -hmm. And so it just has always been, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know specifically, but, uh, but you're, but you're, but you're still hearing them. That's the other thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember the first time I heard them, but, Uh but it's each and every day. As a matter of fact, that that call gets gets at times more and more difficult mm-hmm. because when someone wrongs us and we're tempted to lash out, yeah, those words "follow me" come mm-hmm. up. Yeah, how, how, how do we follow Christ 
when we're mistreated? How do we follow Christ when we're afraid? Mm -hmm. How do we follow Christ when we're angry? How do we follow Christ when we are tempted? Mm -hmm. Or rejected. Or rejected, Mm -hmm. yes. Rejection is is, uh, an important one to think Mm -hmm. about. So what... Imagine what it would have been like to be in the crowd listening to Jesus. How would you have felt, and what would you have done? And this was uh, when he was speaking with authority. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to the demon-possessed man, uh, come out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's in uh, Capernaum. Yeah. When he did that, right? Come out, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I wanted to make a specific comment about this passage here that uh, I think hearing that uh, that confidence, yeah, you know, would have to have been, I don't know, something new and different that I would not have been used to. Uh, so to, to address your question specifically, yeah, that that would have been pretty powerful. In 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 education, I spent five years in it. the The general understanding was that if you had to fight for authority over your classroom, if you had to try and make the students respect you, mm-hmm. you didn't have authority, and they didn't respect you. Mm-hmm. But if you knew how to set the culture, knew how to set the tone, and you just walked in and did it that they would get in line because, mm-hmm. because they recognize, yeah, yeah. This, this is someone mm-hmm. worth following. So that's wow. coming back to this question of follow me. Why should someone follow Jesus? Because he's worth it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's got that authority. He mm-hmm. automatically, you know, another place where his authority, I think just, just shines through when he's standing before Pilate and he knows he's about to get crucified. Mm. Pilate says, well, you need to answer me because don't you realize I've got the power to set you free or send you to death? <laughs> and Jesus just looks at him and says, hey, you don't have any power over me. <laughs> I, I just, if it were me, if it was a, a fallen, you know, selfish person in that, you know, me being in that position, I'd... I'm pretty sure I would have been pretty snarky to Pilate, <laughs> even well, more so than Jesus was. <laughs> but, 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 but if you notice also in that discussion, Pilate tells Jesus, well, you know, they've accused you of being king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like, okay. Pilate says, are you a king? I mean, like, mm-hmm. and, and, and every indication in the Greek is Pilate's not being sarcastic. Like, yeah. he knows something's up. Yeah. Which is why when Pilate talks to his wife and talks about truth, Mm-hmm. says, well, what is truth? And his wife's like, you don't know what truth is. I can't tell you. Yeah. Mm. Hey, he, he was looking truth personified in the face. Yeah. And unwilling, mm-hmm. not unable, unwilling to believe. Yeah. So that's, that's I think, that's the difference in that discussion we were having. Inability is one thing, mm. but an unwillingness. And to me, the unwillingness to believe, yeah. that goes all the way back now, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter in. Yeah. I will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. Yeah. Mm. It's not an inability to believe. It's not that they didn't hear. It's that they were unwilling. Mm-hmm. Mm. They actively refused it. Yeah. So when you see this authority, you're faced with a choice. See, going back to your man, C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis made this case that Jesus left no middle ground. Either he is who he says he is, or, or he's, he's a not. Bad man. There is no, well, he's a good teacher. 
and, and displays of authority like this, that, that just, that seals the argument. That's, mm-hmm. you either have to accept it or reject it. You can't just sit in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was well, just going to say confidence is mm-hmm. the word that, that you said. Mm-hmm. And he spoke with authority, but there was confidence in mm-hmm. his what he said mm-hmm. and, and spoke. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. And then we move on to the leadership style of Jesus. And I like this because Jesus went where the people were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, got involved in what they were doing. Yeah. And this is the fisherman. And this was my husband's favorite story in yeah. the in the scriptures about how they threw, he said throw the nets out, and they said, "Well, teacher, we master, we've already done this, and we haven't had any luck." <laughs> mm-hmm. And they threw the nets out into the water, and they had so many fish, they had to get help to bring mm-hmm. them in. The boat was sinking. Yep. So, uh, what did Peter do? What he, did he do? He obeyed. And what did he do after when they caught all the fish? He got he, he recognized very clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean He fell in he fell on yeah. on his yeah. face in mm-hmm. front of Jesus and said, Master, that I am a sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he actually said, you know, go away from me because I'm a sinner. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he, he knew at that moment he wasn't worthy of this. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and, and none of us are worthy when right. you think about it. Right. Right. But the, the and, and and the the big lesson he's showing Peter there, I think, is that God is a God of abundance. You know, when you're mm-hmm. when you're worried, when you're scared, when you're facing scarcity, mm-hmm. you 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 have on your side, as that fisherman did, the God who put the very fish in the ocean, mm-hmm. right. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Trust. That's the that's the thing. Now now so so about this miracle. Again, we, we keep coming up with the same theme. What could Peter and the other fishermen have done? They could have they not could have refused. Yeah, they yeah. could have walked away. They could have refused. Mm-hmm. And it was it would have been that refusal, not God's inability or even God's unwillingness, mm-hmm. but their refusal could have taken them out of the miracle could have had them not not experience it. Mm-hmm. So again, you see Jesus coming to p- the people as he comes to all of us, inviting us to participate in the abundance. Mm-hmm. But the ball's in our court. Yeah. The, the ball's been in our court since the resurrection. Completely. Yeah. I'm going to take a brief detour here um, because, and I like... The comment that you made, Miss Carolyn, about uh, Jesus's leadership style and you know going and being with the people. <clears throat> so we've we've mentioned last week. Me and Becky and Adrian talked a lot about you know the, the physical space of the Holy Land, uh, and one of the places that we went to was uh, Capernaum, and. I specifically remember standing in the, there's this Byzantine era uh, temple that the ruins are still there uh, in the city of Capernaum. And I was just looking out over what's left of what they've uncovered of the ruins of the city of Capernaum. Uh, And I I know 
if you've heard me say it before, I'll say it again, but if you go to the Holy Land, then really the scriptures, they come alive. They really do come alive. Yeah. And I remember standing there just looking out. It's not a place you can go walk around. They're protected because archaeological sites and all. And this odd sense of there, there was just a doorway and a house, you know, this just right over there. And I just, it, it struck me funny because it reminded me that Jesus went into houses. He was with the people. Mm-hmm. And so just standing there in a city that Jesus walked around in, and looking at this house, this doorway, and I'm sitting here thinking, Jesus was there. Like he, not that I think, oh, God is telling me that Jesus walked into that doorway, whatever. But Jesus walked through doors of people's houses. Mm-hmm. He, he lived with them. He, he ate with them. And to me, that's a large part of his ministry. Is, is him yeah. being with the people. So that to say, come to Israel with us. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, but, but anytime I read anything about one of the places where we went in yeah. the Holy Land, I, I just, it, the, the, the imagery comes alive to me yeah. and I just start getting excited about it. Well, it is that way. And one thing that I think we ought to mention before we end this mm-hmm. is that Jesus always took time to be alone with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and that's important for us. Absolutely. The first thing we think about in the morning should be praise the Lord, thank you for this day, acknowledge the Lord, and the last thing before we close our eyes is we mm-hmm. give God the glory mm-hmm. and thank Him for the day. That was the that was the Jewish rhythm of prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and it really should, you're right, it really should be ours too. Because if you, if you set the day uh, that, you know, they say that if um, when you get up in the morning, you should make your bed because you, you accomplish something at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it sets the tone of I accomplishment for the bed. rest of the day. <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. My, 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 my wife makes ours. <laughs> um, but, 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 you know, accomplish something early mm-hmm. on. And it sets this tone of accomplishment, this pattern of achievement. Mm-hmm. And what a what a what a great thought to to set the pattern, the tone for the day, as Jesus, you are really Lord, not just Savior. Mm-hmm. You're not just mm-hmm. getting me out of my bad stuff here. Mm-hmm. But today, as every day, but today specifically, you're calling the shots. So sh- show me what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Show me how you want me to live. And then at the end of it, to to reflect, to give thanks, and to get ready to do it all again. Yeah. Well, I'm a planner, so I plan my day. Mm-hmm. After I've given thanks to Him, in the mornings I know what I'm going to do for the day. But I also, when I pray, I say, Lord, now I've made these plans. I pray you're in them. If not, if you have other plans, then so be it. Mm-hmm. And how many days... Do you not do what you started out to do because other things happen? <laughs> and I just mm-hmm. feel that's God taking over your day and planning it for you. Mm-hmm. So Well, that sounds a lot like how Jesus taught us to pray, you know, thy kingdom come, 
thy will, will be, be done. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a very real and tangible way for that to be a reality mm-hmm. more than just mm-hmm. some pretty words I say yeah. to get yeah. things going. Those are, yeah. man, when you look at that, those are dangerous words. They are. They're, <laughs> they're you're, not safe. Because you're, you're giving up everything. <laughs> uh-huh. Like you said, it's these are my plans, but um, at the end of the day, you're the one, so mm-hmm. you change it as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Miss Carolyn, what are your what are your final takeaways from uh, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus's readings? What is my final takeaway? Well, I hadn't even really thought about that, but I think it goes back to the follow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was his simple, unique way of approaching an individual, and he went. To them personally, he would go to you and say, Kyle, follow me. And that's mm-hmm. where he mm-hmm. got his disciples. So I think the follow me is is one of the things. And then to remind myself how important it is that I take time each day to get away from the crowd. And uh, I don't have a mountain to go up to, mm-hmm. but I do have a prayer chair. There you go. And uh, this is, and I spend time in it with the Lord, and that's my best time of the day. So how about you? I would not add a single thing to what you said because yeah. what you said was right on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I want to thank you for sitting down with us because this has been fantastic. I've loved every minute well, of this. Well, I have too. Uh, and so I think this deserves at least two thumbs up. That's right. right that's right. Two <laughs> yeah. thumbs up. Well, you both have been good. It's mm-hmm. been good to share with you. I've enjoyed it. I really have. Well, very good. Me well, too. Well, uh, I think we're, we're coming to the end of the content of the episode. If you have questions out there that you want to ask us, you know what to do. You send them to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com. And that way they'll show up in our Q&A sessions. If you have comments, if you want to share your own thoughts about some of the questions we've asked each other here, uh, send us a comment in the email or if you're watching on YouTube, uh, drop them in the comments below because this uh, there's powerful stuff here that... It, once we get talking, you know, I, I really think the, the Spirit of God will inhabit our conversations. Um, at that, if you haven't already subscribed, do that. You can find us, again, anywhere you consume podcast information. You're also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, I don't know what's stopping you. So do subscribe. Hit the little notification bell so you know anytime we do something new. And uh, I guess with that, I don't think there's much more to say today. I think we're done. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next week.